Hello everyone and a very happy new year to you all. I trust you had a great time. If you're anything like me, you probably ate and drank too much and never quite got out for that all-important Boxing Day 10km run. Or maybe I'm doing the GGYLB audience a major disservice and you are indeed an extremely disciplined bunch whose heads rule their hearts. We'll never know, unless you tell us that is. Anyway, old Ginger Gerald here had a fabulous Christmas and New Year. Thank you very much. And I'm delighted to report that all of those family festive traditions we talked about a couple of weeks ago, well, they did indeed take place very much as expected and as dictated by years gone past. I trust you saw the video of the annual Christmas Day swimming pool dip on Facebook and Instagram. This year it came complete with an accompanying choreographed dance, no less. Not so cold this year, I have to say, and the air temperature here has been in Mallorca been around the 20 centigrade mark for a week or so, so not bad at all. And did you see my latest reel on social media? My daughter gave me a black coffee mug for Christmas. But it's got magical qualities. Now, I'm not going to spoil anything or give anything away, but please look up GGYLB on Instagram, Facebook, or even on Twitter, and all will be revealed. Now, once you've seen that little video and you've loved it, you'll surely want one of your very own. So, just send me a little note saying how many mugs you want. They cost $19.99 a go, which you can pay in euros, dollars or pounds. In theory, all of those are about the same at the moment, though nobody's got round to telling my bank that yet. I think it's time to get a Revolut card. And as long as I get a minimum of about, oh, let's say 100 or so orders, then I'll get them produced in best Stoke-on-Trent China pottery. Or maybe just in China, I'm not sure yet. And I'll get them sent out to you in plenty of time for Christmas 2023. I think I might have just opened the floodgates there. I'll keep me busy and out of trouble for a few months. I'll keep you all posted. Now, I have to tell you that I was a bit disappointed to have missed out on the New Year's Honours list this year. After all that media talk about David and I finally getting on knighthoods as some form of small public recognition for all of our hard work, dedication to the cause and overall positive impact on people's lives, well, it ended in, as I say, disappointment for both of us. Now, I've not spoken to him or Victoria recently, but I guess he took it on the chin and just got on with his normal daily life in Miami or London, wherever he happens to be, probably in the very same way that I did. You know, you get up, do the washing up, clean up behind the ageing dog and go off to work. You got it. I reckon we're like two peas in a pod, me and David. Mind you, thinking about it now in retrospect, even if I'd been offered a knighthood, I reckon I'd probably have refused the award anyway. That way, people might have confused me with a really iconic David, David Bowie. But don't you worry, 2022 wasn't all about disappointment for Ginger Gerald. 
After all, the huge event which the entire world was waiting for, even though they didn't necessarily know it at the time, was the global launch of the now household brand GGYLB. And didn't it get off to an absolute storm of a start when it finally kicked off in August 2022? Life-changing for so many people out there, I know. And yet, surprisingly underreported by the mainstream media. Hmm, fishy. Maybe it didn't fit in nicely with their political agenda. Anyway, come on, Ginger Gerald, don't get all giddy on us now. And let's take a little look at what went on in 2022. And then we can focus on what we have to look forward to in 2023 from an international person stroke international family perspective, of course. We'll be calling it the lucky bastard point of view. First things first, finally, finally, during the latter stages of 2022, the key travel restrictions and complications that have been driving us mad for so long were lifted followed the, following the COVID debacle, which appears to be going on forever. So that's made family trips much, much more feasible in both directions. No more certificates, no more tests needed to go and see your own mum or your son or your daughter or any other family or friends that you have. At one point in 2022, I was delighted to get COVID just so I could be awarded a recovery certificate with the validity of another six months. Surely that can't be right. There are some remnants still of those bad old days, of course, like the wearing of masks on public transport, in pharmacies, and even on Spanish airlines flying in or out of Spain, which seems a little odd now. I guess it's not the end of the world, but it's a bit weird, isn't it? I was on a flight to the UK with Air Europa just before Christmas, and we were constantly nagged about keeping our masks on all the time, make sure it covers your mouth and nose, which nobody did. Except, of course, if you chose to purchase one of their very expensive and very crap sandwiches or coffees. And then, if you did make such a purpose, then you could do what you like. Freedom. Oh, but please try not to eat and drink at the same time as your neighbour. You really couldn't make these rules up, could you? I almost got done the other day for shoplifting. I needed something from the chemist. But when I got there, I realised that I hadn't got my mask with me. But with my beady eye, I spotted that they got packs of masks for sale just inside the shop door. So, stealthily, and at a moment when I thought that all eyes were elsewhere, I opened the door grabbed a pack of masks and closed the door again. I stood in the porch of the chemist, quickly ripped open the pack, shoved a new mask on and promptly walked in, happy as Larry and delighted to be fully compliant with their rules and regulations. And as I did, I was almost knocked over by one of the staff running out to check on me thinking I was stealing them. Don't worry, pal, don't worry. I'll be paying me €1.50 when I get to the counter. And changing the theme, what do you all make of the British royal family? 
2022, I think you have to say, has been yet another shocker for them, hasn't it? It's all been kicking off. Now, I can't even bring myself to talk about Randy Andy, so let's leave him out of the equation for now. But the Queen, after 70 long years on the throne, passed away. And I read that about 37 million people watched the funeral on the TV in the UK alone. That's amazing. And we know that the Americans absolutely love a bit of the UK royal family. So you can add a good few more millions to that number. Now, I'm not a big royalist myself, as to be said. And I'm not usually one for following royal or celebrity gossip. To be honest, I don't know who most of the celebrities are unless they play some sort of sport. However, and this is a big however, I have to confess to you, that I've been rather intrigued and entertained by the whole Harry and Meghan Netflix saga. And my interest stems from a very personal connection. Prior to this particular drama kicking off, I contacted Prince Hazza to suggest that he may be interested in being the official ambassador for Ginger Gerald, you lucky bastard. After all, we look very similar. And if you don't believe me, then have a look on my social media accounts. You'll barely be able to tell the difference between the two of us. We're both ginger up top. We both have a ginger beard. Maybe mine's a little bit more, you know, white, grey, mature. I like to call it sophisticated than his. But his time will come quick enough. And very importantly, we are both lucky bastards though maybe not quite for the same reasons. Now, I pointed this all out to him very clearly and very politely in a beautifully scripted private message. He's not actually answered it yet, but I'll be letting you know just as soon as he does, and I'll be expecting that reply any day now. And 2022 ended up with two iconic pieces of history. Firstly, Argentina overcame all and won the first ever Winter Men's Football World Cup and perhaps the most controversial World Cup at that given Qatar's human rights record and FIFA's let's line our own pocket strategy. Have you seen FIFA Uncovered yet? If not, you want to have a quick look on Netflix. Now, I like to pretend that the globe-trotting fraternity are in a pretty good place when it comes to international sporting events because we can justify following more than one team and we can shiftily and surreptitiously switch our allegiances as our team or teams get knocked out. So how does that work? Okay, for me anyway. If England play anyone, then I support England in whatever sport. And if the team is Great Britain or UK instead of England, like in the Olympics, for example, or the Davis Cup, then I support them. But if England or Great Britain get knocked out, I can always fall, fall back on my other nationality of Irish. Something that might come in pretty useful fairly soon in the next Six Nations rugby tournament coming up. But to be fair, in my particular case, I'd get a whole load of stick for doing that, as everyone who knows me also knows that I'm one of those fake Brexit Irish passport holders. 
But what about those many, many people who are born into two or more nationalities or are brought up in two or multiple countries? In our family and extended family alone, we've got justifiable and genuine birth allegiances to England, Wales, Ireland, Spain, Turkey and Mexico. Take your pick. That's not such a bad selection box, is it? And what about the USA and Mexico, for example? There are literally millions of dual nationality and dual heritage people right there. And typically, if you support one, you're supposed to hate the other, aren't you? And vice versa. So it's a bit of a tricky one. Now, I think we need some legislation here. And you should have to publicly declare who you're going to support in any given tournament before it gets going. So if or when you jump or try to jump because your primary team have been rubbish, then at least you'll be subject to the same stick that most people get who don't carry such confusing international baggage. And the second, I mentioned there was two, the second iconic event which took place at the very end of 2022 and which for many was very much on a par with the FIFA for World Cup was the release by the BBC of the reality TV programme, The Traitors. Now, for me, it was absolutely riveting. Apologies, of course, to those who've not seen or even heard of the traitors, even though social media's been absolutely full of it. The concept was really very simple. You had to see just how well and for how long someone could lie. The more deceitful and the more dishonest, the better, and the more rewarded you were. Perfect. I've started a campaign to get the traitors introduced to schools as a mandatory part of the national curriculum. Primary school would be best, I reckon. Let's get those values firmly established nice and early, I'll say. It'll make the world a much better place. And what a shame that bumbling old Boris isn't still around. He'd have supported that one. Anyway, scepticism aside for a moment, the star of that particular show, for many it seems, was none other than Maddie Smedley, who revealed that as a child acting prodigy, she once was cast as a shed in a nativity play. A shed. Now, I absolutely loved that, and it made me feel so much better about my son being cast as a bucket in his Mexican school nativity play all those years ago. And as you all know from the festive episode of GGYLB, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Wow, it's very difficult to keep up with all this excitement and activity. So that's a wrap on 2022. And I really hope that it ended in style for all of you GGYLB fans and followers out there. I hope you didn't argue too much about which country you celebrated in or how many days you stayed at one set of in-laws versus the other set of in-laws, that you didn't buy or receive too many prezzies that won't work in your country of residence, or are so big or heavy that you had to add another very expensive suitcase to your homeward flight booking. And now's the time to fess up, folks, if you actually left that prezzy at home, or even worse, 
quietly gave it away to somebody else. So, hello 2023, and I have to say, so far, you've been marvellous. It's been like the Bahamas here in Mallorca. People are in their swimwear on the beach, they're out on their bikes in shorts and short sleeve tops. The terraces are packed, lovely stuff. I feel bad for those of you who've headed up the mountains or those who live up there and like a bit of a turn of year skiing. Not so much snow in a lot of places, I understand. Let's hope it comes soon, folks, for you all and for all those who depend on it for their livelihoods. Now then, 2023, listen up. We don't want any more of those COVID restrictions nonsense, okay? We've always got ill, so have our kids. It's normal. You don't need to start picking on each other and calling each other names. Let's just learn to live with it like everything else that comes our way. So, I hear you asking yourselves, what are Ginger Gerald's top three New Year resolutions? Well, you're in luck, because as if I knew you were going to ask me that question, I just happened to have defined them as follows. Number one, to convince Prince Harry that he really needs to join the GGYLB train before it pulls out of the station without him. He'll be sorry if he misses it. Number two, to travel a little bit more. Traveling is great. It's life enriching, it's rejuvenating, and spending more time with family and friends is great too, wherever they happen to live. So let's all do a bit more of it and feel better. It's one of life's greatest pleasures. And we had a fantastic reminder of that when T and I headed back to Mexico a couple of months ago. I told you all about that in the episode Mexico Revisited. And my third New Year resolution is a little bit different. Ginger Gerald is going to get relevant. I spent 2022 introducing you to Ginger Gerald's life and the characters within my life in a semi-comic, semi-insightful, always tongue-in-cheek sort of a way. I look to enrich your lives and engage with you via shared stories, experiences and feelings. Well, now we know each other a little bit better, it's time to take things a step further and blend that same tone and anecdotal style that you've grown to know and love with current international affairs, events, themes and challenges. So, still funny, not too heavy, and we'll still get personal, don't you worry about that, but now we're going to apply all of that to the big, bad, global world that we're currently living in. Are you ready for that ride in 2023? That ride will be kicking off next week when our first new style, Ginger Gerald, you lucky bastard, will be exploring the internationally important and relevant theme of the cost of living. Why can't you still just save up a few French francs from a season or two working in the Alps and then pop down a deposit on a flat? And why does going to Mackie D's now feel like a posh dinner out? 
How does this cost of living crisis impact us overseas folk? Or do we get it easy? That and much, much more to entertain and enrich. And don't forget to check out the GGYLB Twitter, Instagram or Facebook accounts, not only to keep up with what's going on on the pod, but also remember, you've got to decide how many mugs you're going to order or if you can actually tell the difference between me and Prince Harry. It's a tricky one. Folks, it's been lovely to speak to you. Have a great year, have a great week, and speak to you all next week. Bye. Thank you, Ginger Gerald, for enriching our lives.